<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day podcast. Fern here at CrossFit Hampton Roads, longtime affiliate, just down the street from iBox. Box owner, Lindsay London, thank hey. you for having us. Thanks for coming. And you turn on the AC for us, too. Sure did. Nate's back there melting in the heat yeah. of the Hampton Roads. Toasty 100 degrees. <laughs> 100 degrees, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but thanks for, I, I was, we were talking before this, I have not been here in a long time. I want to say it's been like probably three or four years. Maybe. Not longer than that? I don't, I couldn't remember. Like when was the last time we, we, we had discussed, it was like, when was the last time there was a level one hosted here? Oh, like eight years ago, I think. No. I really do. Really? I really do. Not since I've been here. So. Well, my daughter's eight. Okay. It was, it's been more recent than that. Okay. But anyway. So. Anyway. I just didn't know. CrossFit Hanson Rose, longtime affiliate owner. But you have been the owner for 18, 18 months. months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And I want to get into all of that stuff. You know, okay. what it's like to purchase a box. You know, what it's like to take that over and then work through some of the things you've had to work through. But before we get into all of that. Sponsored by O2, right? Um, but you were just saying you guys have a O Tuesday. Yeah, we just did Do our tell. first one. What it, what is it? Um, so we actually just got our fridge. We got we've had O2 for a couple months, but we didn't have our O2 fridge. Mm-hmm. So um, get it with it, Dave. And, get with it. <laughs> um, so we finally got the fridge out, and we. Put it out, turn it on, put the O2 in, and we told all our members to come on that day, Tuesday, to come get a free O2. So Is that every Tuesday? No. Oh, no. I was like, it's a bad sales not, strategy, everybody. <laughs> I'm, no. Um, That's no, not what we just teach because, in the course. <laughs> no, just because it was the, like we rolled out the product for the first time. So That's cool. Um, and we have had Fit Aid in the box forever and yep. um, only Fit Aid. So yep. this was the first time. No longer. No longer. O2. Yeah. So official sponsor of the CrossFit Games too, by the way. Oh. And again, just support Dave and the crew there at O2. Awesome people. But um, that's cool. So that's actually a good strategy if you're going to roll out something. Is yes. like make the launch a little bit unique in that sense. Yeah. And O Tuesday has a nice little ring to it. Yeah. Because it's O2. Yeah. So that's, that's perfect. Cool. So um, a lot of people liked it. What's the workout today at the box? The workout today is the standard from <laughs> the 2019 CrossFit Games. So it's 30 clean and jerks, 30. Bring muscle-ups and 30 snatches. snatches. Mm-hmm. If you want a little highlight, everybody, <laughs> I did, in fact, know rep Matt Frazier in that workout because that was the final really? workout I did. Olsen remains in second. Gumanson remains in third. This looks like it's going to be your men's podium and no rep for Frazier. Yeah. He didn't stand up all the way. Well, Go back and watch it. Yeah. Snatch. He had a little, as he's coming up, he brings the bar down at the same time. And I'm like, the standard is the standard standard is standard. You might be the fittest man on earth, but you got to stand up with your snatches, my friend. So that's right. Um, no, that was actually a great workout and, uh, it was fast. It was way faster than I was anticipating from a judging standpoint. Yeah. Even today I was like, that went way faster than I thought it was going to go. So this, this will air after the games, but I leave on Sunday to go to Madison for, for the week. And uh, there's a handful of workouts every year that come up with the, when you walk out on the floor. Like as a judge, you've rehearsed it many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. But you're just quite not ready for the speed yeah. at which the athletes are going to rip yeah. through some of the stuff. And they have to like bring your heart rate down pretty quick. You're like, oh, shit. I was like, don't look away. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a cool game season. The cuts are on Saturday, I believe. Saturday night, I think, is when the cuts are. Yeah. So. Are you guys going to do like a best hour get together? We are. Yeah. Yep. So um, if you are listening to this right now, you missed it. So poor you. Um, but yeah, we are planning on doing a get together one of the evenings. Um, and I think with the O2 crew and um, and Doc Spartan. So Dale. Nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And then, yes, yeah, so we'll be bouncing back and forth between judging and then doing quite a bit with the affiliate partner network stuff. And they're having a, a mock gym there. So if you didn't go to the games this year, uh, you will see a ton of content come from us, but also they they have a full functioning affiliate inside Vendor Village. That's, yeah, right. I, so it's a fully so cool. equipped gym, meaning like front desk, you know, coach's office, floor, equipment, everything laid out, and they'll be running That's classes awesome. there. So I have class schedules and everything there. You may or may not just get to see me outshine Jason Ackerman from a coaching standpoint Again. if you show up there, or just always <laughs> in general. So, um, who designed yeah. it? The, the actual affiliate, yeah. uh, JP, who's been on the podcast, yeah. and then uh, Mike Marone, who's, uh, who is 
has been managing the APN, but he's moving over into a different position okay. to take over some other projects. But uh, primarily those two guys. Yeah, That's that was awesome. kind of like their baby. So um, it's cool. I saw the CAD drawings and yeah. they're actually there today because we're filming this on a Friday. And um, they're like getting it all set up and everything. Like it's going to be cool. Like I'm excited to see it. And uh, it'll be a, it'll be if so if anybody that they'll probably do this again. But have you been to the games? No. You should go. The and you should go to the affiliate partner network. The um, but no. So if you go into Vendor Village, there was like typically uh, right when you walk in, there would be like if you go upstairs, they'd go up to the affiliate lounge, and then to the left, they had like Wit, and then there was like a big warehouse space. That warehouse space is now the gym because it was like I think it's like three thousand square feet or something like that. It was like yeah, it's super cool. So we'll be there. We'll do and be be doing some presentations, facilitating some. some talks and uh, coaching classes. Cool. Helping people get their fitness on. So It's like every affiliate owner's dream, like a, a blank slate budget as much as you want, Man. all rogue. I don't everything. know, you get yourself in trouble. Oh, You're yeah. like, oh, there's tons oh, yeah. of good ideas that <laughs> pop up in there. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, let's. Uh, I want to dive into your CrossFit story. So you have you purchased the gym about 18 months ago, yes. but, but you were a member before that. Mm-hmm. How long were you a member here? I was a member here since... 2014. Okay, so you're you're eight years into this. Yeah. Okay, so seven years later, you purchased the affiliate. Yes. Yeah. So, and then in that time, you, there was two handoffs, two um, changes of ownership in no, before that, or just one. I came in right after the first. The first handoff, one. Okay. And then um, I was the second. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So the previous owner was here the your whole time as an athlete, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Nicole Gordon, Jeremy Gordon, yep. they owned this originally. Started yes. this. She's. Uh, no longer on some of our staff, but she was yeah. for a really long, and Jeremy was She's, too. I think doing the stuff with like redemption. Um, I think you're correct. Yeah. yeah, I think I think if I'm correct, I think she just kind of stepped away from the seminar staff. But both of them phenomenal coaches, good people. They're in Colorado now, yeah. um, in the um, Colorado Springs area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, cool. So just talk to you a little bit about that, like because that's typically it's a coach. Yes, that goes yeah. and takes ownership. But yep. this was member. Well, I was a coach. How long were you a coach before that? I was coach. I got my level one one year after I started CrossFitting. So um, I was a coach for three years. Two, two got or three it. years. Okay. Yeah. So you went so, you went member, coach, purchase. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So I was only a part-time coach, though. I wasn't, like, full-time at all. I coached four to six classes a week, and I was a stay-at-home mom. And okay. um, the previous owner came to me and was like, hey, I'm going to sell it. Or, um, and so I went to my husband and I was like, what do you think? He's like, it's a great idea. This is, it's the greatest idea ever. (laughs) And I'm like, no, it's not. This is a terrible idea. Um, because I mean, I know how much work goes in. I I thought I knew. I was going to say, I'm going to correct you on that because (laughs) (laughs) I had an initial impression that it would be very difficult. Um, and, and going from being a stay at home mom and like, also this was in the middle of the pandemic. So my kids were at home. I was homeschooling. Um, so, oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. So um, I pulled them out of school for the pandemic and then homeschooled them. And then this all happened. And my husband was like, you would be really good at this. And I was like, okay, I let's do it. Like, for sh- sure, I'll be good at it. Um, it sounds like every story of the Navy recruiter's oh office of all time yeah. where they're just like, listen, you should do it. It's going to be great. We have a really nice career set up for you. And you're like, I'm going to be a cook um, yeah so, so okay yeah so he said it'll be a great idea and I we went back and forth and then um had the conversation with the previous owner and he walked I mean he like onboard me like a manager because he was like here's how sugar Wad works here's right. how mind body which is the system we were using at the time here's how that works mm-hmm. like so he did all of that we purchased the gym in May May 7th and and that was it. And yeah. he he hadn't been here for a while. Like, he mm. had not physically been in the gym. And so... He um, was, uh, I don't want to say absentee, but he was he was yeah. not he was not involved in the day-to-day operations. No, he wasn't. And, I mean, which was his prerogative. And I, I mean, if you can do that, great. Yeah, absolutely. So, he, we had a manager. And um, so, I came in and, and took over. And um, it was, like being dropped into boiling water <laughs> so i so that's kind of one of the, so there's a there's a there's kind of a like we'll go c- through the story arc if you will because the change of hands or purchase of affiliate owner is not like a new story it's not no. rare it does happen yeah um but i do want to kind of talk about yours specifically because a lot of the either hiccups or the mistakes or the pain points are, are pretty pretty uniform yeah 
Yeah, they're pretty universal with regard to how that works. Right. So let's start with original purchase. What were some of the things that you wish you would have done on your end as far as, you know, either due diligence or questions you would have asked prior to purchase? So let's, I don't even want to get into purchase yet. What would I have asked? Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I think I would have pushed back about, I think I would have, I think I would have investigated pricing a little bit more. I think I would have. Meaning like, Tell me more, like, what do you mean pricing? Because you're here, you remember your coach, you know the prices. Yeah, no, I mean, about the purchase of the box, I think I would have made myself learn more about, like, what goes into, like, why a business costs what it costs when you purchase it from somebody else. Like valuation, like, how did we come up with this number? Yeah, thank you, yeah. I wish I had investigated that a little more. Um, I just, and this is just me, Mm -hmm. I'm a super trusting person. I think everybody I meet is going to be the nicest person Mm -hmm. ever, and it's going to take care of me and I'll take right. care of them and we'll link arms and go off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I got taken for a ride or anything, but I just assumed if you were telling me something during the sale of the pro- the business, that it was a hundred percent the truth. Right. And because of that, I don't know that I educated myself enough. Right. Does that? No, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. there's a, there's another wrinkle in that, which is typically that sale will happen between people that already have a relationship. Yeah. So in a lot of instances, people will forego some, some pretty significant pieces of due diligence, which is, you know, Hey, I'd like to see multiple months of bake statements. Like right. I would like to pull, to read to pull these reports. Like, can you show me the last two years of tax returns? Right. Um, and a lot of people, cause it's uncomfortable if you know somebody yeah. you're like, Hey, it's like, it's like, Right. Can you show me all your dirty laundry? And they're like, well, I prefer not to. Yeah. Prefer we just agree on this price point. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and it's not good or bad. And this is, and I wanted to talk with you specifically about this. When you're going through this process, being as objective about it as possible and having all of those conversations is the only way to do it. If, yeah. if you want to have anything that resembles a, an appropriate handoff mm-hmm. and something that would look like, a relationship after that, yeah. right? Whether it be cordial or just an acquaintance or anything. Right. But I think you just have to ask the hard questions right. and to make sure that everybody gets what they want out of it and that yes. everybody understands the agreement moving right. forward. So I think people are just uneasy about that because, yeah. you know, they see the number of members or they see all the equipment. They're like, oh, it's definitely what it's worth. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. but one of the things people don't look at is like, what's the liability involved, mm-hmm. involved in the business? Like, right. what are your expenses? What's your income to expense ratio? Like, right. is this thing making money at all? Right. Um, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think a lot of people just skip that portion. They're like, here's a number that we agree upon. I'm like, can you even pay that off? Right. That and like, I also had convinced myself that it didn't matter if it was making money. It didn't matter. Like I was going to come in and save the day. And (laughs) so, yeah, my ego got the best of me there. Um, But like, I, I really thought like, oh, it doesn't matter. I asked for it. I see these numbers. I was a teacher before this. I've never run a business. And so I didn't, I did not have enough information to make what I feel like is the best decision. And that's on me. Mm-hmm. And I just wish I had asked, I, thought, I didn't even know how to ask hard questions. Like at that point, I was just like assuming that everything was right t- told to me. And, and just for the record, this is not to be disparaging of anybody. This no, is, this is, if no. we were just put this story out there, absent of names or affiliate, like it's the same story on repeat. Yeah. And a lot of times... The other thing that we'll see, because um, we we deal with these a lot, which is neither party knows the answers, right? So the person who's purchasing right. doesn't know to ask the questions. And if, in fact, they did know to ask, to ask the questions, the person who's selling doesn't know the answer. Right. So it's never, it's usually ignorance right. in a lot of instances. Oh, absolutely. And like, I didn't know the questions to ask. It's like having a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what it's like to have a baby until you have a baby. And everybody can tell you a hundred times over what it's like to have a baby. And you're like... No, not me. You know, and I'll then <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, my kid will sleep, or my kid will, <laughs> eat, my kid will eat, or whatever. Um, and so you think you're the exception to the rule, and you're not. You're not the exception to the rule, yeah. and and that's everybody. And so yeah, I just didn't know the questions to ask, and I got swept up in the like idyllic part of it, which is like it's gonna be fun and. 
I think at one point I'd been like, I'm going to plant a garden in the back. <laughs> like, I was like I'm totally. hydroponics back here. Yeah, it's going to be w- great. It was, I was delusional about some stuff. And um, so, yeah, and we didn't communicate really well about how the transition would go. And unfortunately, like, and this happens from what I hear, every time there's a, almost every time there's a transition of ownership, it's not communicated well and people's feelings get hurt and it sucks. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I really like the takeaway to be from just this conversation in general is just have those conversations on the front end. And, yeah. and it's something I constantly like running through my brain is like, what would make this pleasant? Right. Like what would make this super over the top fun? Yeah. Like everybody gets what they want. We high five and we like all run off into the sunset right. together. And it's like, take a little bit more time to negotiate take a little bit more time to lay out a plan, take a little bit more time to dig into the weeds. And everybody should come to the table saying like, there will be some things that hurt my feelings in both parties, which mean you might not get the exact number that you want, because if we dig into this, like it might not really justify that number. Um, Or it might justify more than that. Once we dig into the weeds, like, Hey, this thing is crushing it on cash flow, and you have a ton of assets in here. I'm actually going to ask for more now. But the point is you have to ask all of those questions. Yeah. And the other thing that you brought up there, which is, and I've been guilty of this too, you know, when I've either gone through an expansion try to outside the brick and mortar endeavor or purchase, we tend to only look at the upside right? instead of saying, what yeah. would go wrong here? Oh, you know? I don't even think that what would go wrong was a conversation. It was... Well, I told you. <laughs> I didn't listen to you. I, That's I, what went wrong. I, I did not listen to you. I don't know if you remember Story that. of my life. I, I don't, don't if, listen to Vern. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that conversation. We had it before the purchase oh, yeah. and I, and I, I didn't say don't do it, but I said, Hey, there's some things that you should consider here. Yep. Um, not because it was a bad deal, but if you ever want to know what it's like to be on a conversation with me, like, should you purchase the gym? I'm going to probably try to convince you not to buy the yep. gym. Not because I don't want them to buy the gym, but I want to paint a, very real Realistic picture about picture. what you're getting into. And it's not all sunshines right. and rainbows, sunshine right. and rainbows. Like there's going to be some dead bodies in the closet. There's going to be some things you don't know about. There's going to be some things that were either, you know, either intentionally or ignorantly withheld. There's yeah. going to be all sorts of stuff that you are just not prepared for. And that's what I want people to walk in there with is like, I want them to be more alert instead of walking there and be like, all right, first day, this is going to be great. And you're like, the bathroom's broken and rent hasn't been paid in six months. And you're like, what the fuck? So that's yeah. not your case, but that's, we right. see that far more often than not is that like, once they like sign the papers and they hand it off, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, there's what problems? Yes. And we didn't cover any of that yeah. stuff on the front end. So no. you definitely told me. And like even the reason, which has come back to haunt me many times, which is my husband thinks I'll be good at this. And you're like, do you think you're going to be good at this? And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'll make it work. And it was My mom thinks I'm handsome. You're like, oh, thanks, mom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So like you were like, you can't just do this because you don't want to do something else. You have to really want to do this 100% because it is all consuming. Like when you guys say it, it's not, it's not an exaggeration. It is every, for the first year, even still days, like every waking moment, like when I'm with my kids, it's what I'm thinking of. And I have had to learn how to turn it off. But at the beginning, it was not, it was all the time. And I don't think that's inappropriate. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of like telling the truth. And I think, uh, I think a lot of us grossly underestimate the investment, whether it be financial, you know, emotionally, or just time that's going to need to go into that particularly if you want to get it to where you want to go like if you have if you have pretty audacious aspirations for your gym oh buckle up man because it's not easy like if you want to if you want to hit big numbers and stuff like that I'm like listen you need you're gonna have to forfeit a lot of stuff right and that's why I sometimes think it's easy to settle for small because the initial investment like it was painful and to know to get to the next level, it's gonna, we're going to have to do that again in like different variations of it. And you just have to know that you're, you have to be willing to sacrifice some stuff for it. And in, I think uh, there's like a big push for balance in life right now. And being an entrepreneur is not always the best job for balance. Like you might get there where you can like leave work at two o'clock every day and then you might get there. But there are times where it's not there's no balance whatsoever. It's, it's, yeah. Well, that's how I, I mean, that's how I feel right now. You're not wrong though. I think there should be a better, a lot of, there's a misinterpretation of, of, 
this discussion about balance and a lot of people mistake it for equity, which is like, Hey, 50% here, 50% there. And I'm like balance for an entrepreneur, depending on what season of entrepreneurship you're in might look like 99 to one. That might be the appropriate balance for that. And then depending on what is going on in the business and where you want to take it, that may never get to 50, 50. And the beauty of running an affiliate is like, you get to determine that it depends on what you want. But for everybody, for the most part on the front end, it's going to be more than you anticipate. And yeah. there, and there's, unfortunately, there's no amount of people telling you, hey, it's going to be a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You're not, like you said, you're not going to know until you step in there and you're like, oh, this is now mine. Everything that happens in here, yeah. I am responsible for. Good, bad, ugly, all of it. Right. And I'm going to have to deal with it. And you don't know what you don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, totally. But you've, you know, I, so I want to kind of segue that into like, talking about some of those, the changes that you have to go through, because they do come in iterations, you know, so we had that initial conversation about, you know, should you purchase the gym? What should yeah. that look like? And then I think the next conversation was a little bit more panicked in nature. <laughs> Everything is on fire <laughs> yeah. and I'm dying. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and then, and then just starting to, to chip away at that yeah. and like, okay, I've got it now. It's my thing. I've got this vision for what, or I don't have a vision at all. No. Yeah. How do I start? Right. So I want to go back to to that. Like once you're there, like what does that look and feel like as you start to make that? And I want to get all the way into the point where like we talk about, we had this conversation. I'm like, you need to paint the walls. Yes. Like not because the paint's bad, but like you need to make this yours. Yeah. And that was a big transition for yeah. you too. It was huge. It was, well, and I mean, I had a ton of respect for the previous owner and manager and absolutely loved my time when they were here and it almost was like I was trying to stay in their shoes and their shoes didn't fit me and so painting and rearranging and stuff like that was just my way of being like oh I I can move these plates if I want to move them that they're mine now like and that took me a year I didn't move a single thing in this gym for a year because I was always like well it's always been here always and I don't leave furniture in my house in the same place very long. Like it gets moved around to suit our needs and stuff like that. And so I realized I needed to do that too. And I kind of just dumped it on all the members, which some of them were like, okay. And a lot of other people were like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. But it was, I kind of said to them, I was like, it's been a year. I feel like we've acclimated in other areas and now this stuff has to change and it's all at one time. So it's less painful but after this is done, it's going to be way better. Right. And it was because it was like I stepped into my own. I started realizing that I was the authority. Like at the end, I made the decision. I wasn't playing out of fear anymore. I think that first year I was terrified. I was terrified to make the wrong decision and upset somebody. I was terrified to lose members. I was terrified to upset staff, like just make people uncomfortable. And after a while, I just realized if I keep doing that, this place will absolutely fail. Because I will be so miserable, I will I will cause the, its own self destruction because mm-hmm. I will just want to burn it down. You know. Well, it's a, it's kind of like I was literally having this scenario, but it's just like if you have kids, anybody has kids, like you'll get this. It's like I can I can deal with this pain right now, mm-hmm. or I can avoid it. Yeah. And push it off to tomorrow. And if I continue to do that, I would just never get rid of it. Like yeah. my son was like, I want cookies for breakfast. And I'm like, you're not getting cookies, bro. Like it's not happening. Right. And so we did that for 20 minutes and then finally like got him to sit down and he's just, all of a sudden he's just like, I want cookies. And I'm like, your breakfast is right there. You can eat the breakfast or you can starve. It's up to you, dude. And then finally he ate the cookies and then he was happy. And I'm like, I'm glad I chose to stand my ground there because I'm like, you have to, I'm not going to kick that can down the road. And I think kind of what you were dealing with potentially, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, but maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome and you're like, well, it's, it's not mine. Cause I remember when you, when we had the conversation and, and then we talked, I think maybe a handful of days afterwards, you're like, I'm so relieved. Yeah. And it was just like fresh coat of paint, move some things around. It'd be like moving into somebody's house, but they still live there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like, I was living with a ghost. Like it, it was like, it was. And so I felt so much better and, and I had members come out and help me and, and it was awesome it you know and people just pitched in and just seeing that they were willing to help was a huge bonus also well and this is for anybody that purchases a gym i this is what i will typically recommend is like you need to go in there and you need to make it 
yours, whatever that means. If you have to paint the bathrooms, you have to move the equipment around, but we need to make this leap into this is now mine, take ownership of it, which means if that GHD needs to go in the trash, then throw it in the trash. But we have to make some sort of leap to say like, this is my thing. I'm doing what I want with it so that I take ownership of it. And then if if that means paint the wall, put a nice logo on there, then do that so that when you walk in every day, you're like, yeah. Here yeah. I am. This is mine. Like, is let's mine. do it. Yeah, yeah, this is mine. And and that took a year. So I want to go back and because you've had we've we've worked through we've worked through a lot of yeah. stuff. Yes. And so you take over, mm-hmm. and then what's kind of like your first your first hurdle that you have to get over? You're like, oh, oh my god, I have my. to deal with this. Well, my first hurdle was telling the staff, and so we closed on a Friday, and there was no um, meeting set. So it was like close we look at each other go okay how are we going to tell the staff (laughs) there was no conversation before we closed and it was like well i don't know should we do like a zoom like and we're also still like pandemic-y times like we wore masks while we did the closing right and uh it's like do we do a zoom do we what do we do well because it was last minute and we send a newsletter out every Sunday. So it was like, well, we have to send out something in the newsletter on right. Sunday. So we have to tell the staff before Sunday. So we need to tell them Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. I can't remember what we did. I think we did a Friday afternoon. So it was the last minute. One person could come. We told one person. It, it just went over like it was awful. Like they were just, nobody was happy with the way that we had let them know. The communication mm-hmm. that was needed wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't handled well. And that was the first big hurdle. Of, and now cleaning up after that, because now technically they work for me and they're my staff and they're pissed, rightfully so, because they feel like we're a community, but they've left been left in the dark mm-hmm. while this whole thing happens. And so that, like you said, the due diligence of the hard questions and stuff, like how are we going to handle this? We didn't handle it. We just left it. And then I had to clean up after that. And then you know, trying to work with the staff of like, here's where we're going. Because you and I, I had already worked through some of the modules for Affiliate U. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And we're go- like, I came in like with like five things I wanted to change right away just to make stuff run smoother from my pers- perspective. Mm-hmm. And the changes weren't well received. I think it was too soon. And everybody was like, well, I don't like these changes. Uh, is this how it's going to keep going? And, like, having to navigate, well, do, I want to change stuff like that. I'm the owner, and I want to make it better because that's what I want to do. But I, I got to get my staff right first. And so navigating, implementing changes, and and getting a staff that was cooperative was right. difficult. Yeah. And, and, again, the whole point of this is to kind of help future affiliate owners are going to go through this as like lessons learned or when the military call after action reports after action report is bad communication, (laughs) swift changes, bad combo. Yeah. And you know, and it was, and it was some of those things where we're like, Hey, we're starting to get some clarity for you. The problem is we were just behind the eight ball. Like we just didn't have that time. We're like, Oh, it's done. Um, we have to go. Right. And one of the things that you and I chatted about quite a bit is like, we have to work through the staff into the community. Yes. And that's a hard hurdle for a lot of people because no different than the space, yeah. the staff isn't really yours. Like, and no. they're holdovers, right? And that's not no, disparaging not to the staff, no. but this is like any uh, sports team, any corporation, when right. new leadership comes in, it's there's hard. a reason they clean house. And it's yep. not because these people are bad. It's right. because they're not their people, right? right? And, and you might have to go through a little bit of that transition as well. We're like, yeah. hey, you are great at this, but like you don't fit what we're trying to do. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's not good or bad. It just is. Yeah. And that was really difficult because I didn't want that to be the way that it was. I, again, thinking I would be the exception to the rule, I thought I will somehow figure out how to salvage this and we'll all be on the same team again. And we'll, and it just, it ultimately didn't work. Mm-hmm. And um, as sad that, as that was, it really sucked it sucked big time because there were people, they are people I care about. Mm. And as sad as it was, I also was able, like I hired somebody from outside the box that wouldn't have ever, 
I would have never met her. And she is now our manager and she's killing it. She's mm. fantastic. I love working with her. I feel so fortunate. And then we have new coaches. So I was really lucky to be able to find people. I, I don't even know there was luck. I like put out ad. I made my intentions clear and I was lucky to, I, I, I found the people that I needed you know, but unfortunately, we just ultimately couldn't make staffing work with the, some of the previous staff. And, and, and again, I, I really want to stress that it's that's not a bad thing. No. And it doesn't mean anybody's at fault. It's just, again, you have previous ownership. They have things that they're doing. They have a vision. They have a direction they're going. And they have right. staff that fit that. And when a new owner comes in, well, those things change. And even a one to two degree shift can create friction in there. Because, like, well, that's not the way we do it. And it's just like, right. But when we're not doing that anymore. Right. We're going this direction now. And here's the reason why. And I think it, people really struggle with that because there's previous relationships there and they're like, Oh, I know you, but if right. you can't get along, then we can't get along. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And I thought that just cause there was a previous relationship that we would get along. And again, unasked questions, questions I didn't even need. I didn't know to ask were like, what is the relationship between the manager and the owner? And should I know more about that? because I didn't know to ask it. And there was a lot there that I didn't know about and still don't know about Mm -hmm. um, that I was, I couldn't accommodate that any longer. So um, yeah, it sucked, but it's okay. Like, yeah, I, what, six months you lived through me? Yeah, I mean, to, to make you feel better, that's most boxers I work for the first six months are just anxiety filled and don't know what to do and just losing their mind. What's up, Best Hour listeners? I'm here with founder of O2, Dave Kalina. And if you haven't heard about O2, it's a cleaner, healthier sports drink. And the best part about it, only one gram of sugar. But what I really want to talk about is the special we have for you listeners. So the special is pretty awesome. Uh, I know I'm biased, but I have to say we, we kind of went all out for you guys here. If you buy four cases of O2, you will get four cases for free as well as a free branded O2 mini fridge, as well as one of these awesome O2 Yeti water bottles, and we'll even have the Best Hour logo on there. So it's pretty good. This is something I drink every day. You guys know if you listen to the Best Hour podcast or you watch Dropping In, it's really important to myself and to Fern that we only support companies that we actually endorse and use ourselves. I love O2, I drink two a day. You can buy it caffeine free. I do that after 3 p.m. But if you want the one with caffeine, it's a great pre-workout. It doesn't make you jittery. It just makes you PR. So Dave's the man. He set up a great deal just for us. Best hour. Check it out. Four cases, four for free, a fridge, a Yeti, and you get our love. You'll get all four flavors, by the way, in those four free cases. So you'll have eight cases total, two of each flavor, and I think the best part about O2 is it just tastes awesome. So, so give it a shot, enjoy it, and we've got a 100% money back guarantee also. So if you don't like it, we'll take care of you, but that like never happens. So you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. But it's, um, but it's a process, right? And, and whether, whether you're starting a box from scratch, whether you're a 10 year affiliate who's had a setback, whether you're somebody who's doing well and having a backslide, whether you purchased it, it doesn't matter. Like everybody's going to have their sticking point and just having somebody there to kind of like talk you off the ledge and be right. like, no, 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 like this is natural. Like right. actually any other scenario other than this is probably unlikely. Right. Like you're going through the necessary growth and changes in order to get where you want to go. Right. And the discussion we have to have is, are we going to acknowledge that and own it? Or are we going to avoid it? Right. right? And those are the discussions. And I really wanted to avoid it. And that was where you came into play. And I don't think that anything would have changed if I hadn't been part of Affiliate U was you forced me to look in the mirror and like over and over. It's like, I realize this sucks and it's painful, but you have to deal with it. And that also developed me as a business owner because now when something's missing or not working it's like well it's my job like I can't depend on anybody not that I can't depend but like nobody's gonna care as much as I am you guys say that so much and it's so true like nobody's gonna care as much as I am at the end of the day so they might so I do think that a lot of people think they do they will I I would even content I would even argue that 
they can, right? They won't on the beginning. Right. They absolutely can. But again, let's have a very real conversation about that. They can. And if you are going to have somebody on your team that that does care as much as you do, they're going to be there for a long time. They're going to be heavily invested. They're going to have significant stability and impact into the community and then they'll care. But if, if we're expecting just, you know, some of the old people that were there or just a new hire to no, that's, that's not real. Right. Right. But once you start to build a team, which is what you're working on now, you can get to the point where other people look at things through the same lens that you do. And they start to say, Hey, let's make sure the bathrooms are clean or like you need to be earlier for class or like clean that stuff, put it up or like, Hey, we need to throw some paint on the walls. And that I think is when you start to really see and experience like, oh, we're starting to build culture here. Like this is an actual culture where like, I'm not the only defender of the realm. We have multiple people here who are looking at this and say, no, 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 standard is a standard. We're all gonna uphold the standard. And that's what I think is cool because we've kind of worked through that and you're not there, I'm not there. We're all working through that, but it's cool to have seen you go through that because it went from, you know, burning house to Mm -hmm. like, okay, we have different problems now. Like there's some other stuff going on there. Yeah, they're just different and, now I know to not avoid them. It's just like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's get it out in the open and deal with it. And um, this summer has been really interesting because I'm in building the team is like, I'm, I do another job outside of the box um, as like a volunteer position, but it's the, it's swimming. So in the summer, that's very demanding. The summer swim team is a lot. And I'm like drowning and like, not literally, not really. No, no, not really. Listen, you don't want to be, you don't want Lindsay to be your swim coach. (laughs) No, (laughs) I teach people to drown. It's fine. (laughs) Here I'm drowning. And the staff is like, would you like us to help? I'm like, nope, it's fine. I have it. And I haven't, I didn't learn how to pass stuff off yet. And so that was the next step was like to get the right people in the door to help them become part of the culture. And then now they're like, we would like to help and we see you need help. So tell us what to do. And then learning how to hand that stuff off is what I'm working on right now. And so that's been another thing I've just had to learn. Yeah. And And it's it's okay. And and so what that looks like is we have the conversation with a lot of box owners, right? So, and typically just one step out of order can create serious problems. So typically what you will find is there's a box owner who has a lot of stuff and they're like, I have a lot of things. I would like to give up one or two. Here you go. And there's no structure behind that. So then it creates an additional problem, which is now I have to get this person to fix something without any guidance or structure or policies or or workflow. And, but then the other side is like, okay, we take the time to build things out right and then right. we do it. But then I have to have another conversation about like, okay, well, when we hand that off, it's not just a blind handoff. Right. Like we have to create some accountability, yep. some structure. And I think that's what people, that's where you're at, which is like, okay, cool. You handed it off, but it's not fire and forget. Right. It's just like, how do we create accountability? around? Yeah. And this is a lot of what we teach for people who are further along in the course is like, what is your battle rhythm with the team? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people think, I think they think they have an unrealistic expectation about what people will do when given a task. Yeah. Most people are not what I would consider self-starters and that's not a shot at anybody. Right. But they'll just do it to the extent that they think is appropriate. Right. And that's actually not weird, particularly if I've given no guidance. Right. That's actually the only obvious answer. Right. So what we have to do as leaders is, okay, here's the workflow. But now what I have to do is I have to create a structure where when you and I sit down every day, I'm like, what I don't want to do as a leader is say, did you do it? And you're like, yep, I did it. And yeah. then we move on. It's like, show your work. Yeah. And it's not, it's not bad, right? It's not like, I don't believe you, but like, we need to walk through that to right. show the accountability. It's just like, nope, I want you to show me the report. Right. Show me, walk me through each person that we're looking at. If we're doing a retention report right. or the lead flow or whatever. And I think everybody skips over that. And I'm like, well, that's how you create cohesion in the team is like, right. you have to sit down on a very regular basis at a minimum weekly in my mind yes. and say, what are your tasks? How are they going? Mm-hmm. What are we stuck on? Right. And yeah, then because work stuff through comes that. up, they get stuck on it and it gets lost in a Slack feed or whatever. Like you can't get the login or you don't have the password or you don't have the credit card that you need, like whatever there's all. And then, you know, that day turns into three days or four days and then you're back at the weekly meeting and it's like, Oh, it's not, still not done. Cause this pain point wasn't solved. But that weekly meeting remedies that because you have a solid touch point once a week to solve the problems. And so, and this is a good point, right? So a lot of people get hung up in creating the SOP. Right. Right. So I have, the, have, I have this weird love-hate relationship with the, the term SOP. Because a lot of people are like, well, I, I need to write the SOP. I'm like, or you don't. Yeah. 
or you could create some sort of framework. Right. I mean, what's the task? How do you do it? When's it due? Like that's right. the very, that's the, like the lowest level of SOP, like yeah. those three pieces of information. Then the rest of the details can get filled in if we meet regularly yes. and I'm like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's broken. Or like, I can't log in or like, I need this. And they're like, cool. Now we can start to like iron that out to right. the point where like, do you need anything? And you're like, Nope, right. I'm good. Well, and the beauty of that too is it's a collaboration now. It's not me just telling you what to do. And so like when you do, so, like Ray will do social media and when she does it, um, here the fr- here's the framework. It has her own spin on it. Like when she switched, people were like, oh, you're not doing social media. And I was like, no, I'm not because we're still touching all the points, but it's in her style now because she runs it. And that's, that's what's really cool because you allow them to take over a task and have ownership over it. And it frees up some creative space in your own brain because you're not trying to constantly create everything that you need for your gym. Well, you just can't. No. Like, I don't care how productive you might think you are as a human being. Like, no human being has the bandwidth to do all things. Nope. Like, you just don't. I tried. doesn't work. He, well, <laughs> me too. I still try. <laughs> but but even if you're, even if you had like a, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, even if you had like a, a, a fairly small gym. Yeah you still would not have the bandwidth to do all of the things. So yeah. like social media post, scheduling, payroll, coach all the classes, do the programming. Um, I don't know, any website, like uh, bookkeeping. Like yep. we, we could just, that's just what I can think of of me, like yeah. restocking the bathrooms, cleaning, um, retail, design work, all of that stuff. Like yeah. every, it just turns into, and this is primarily what we deal with. It's just like chasing your tail. It's like yep. fire after fire after fire after fire. Right. So we have to stop in some instances and say, how can we can create some structure so that we can be, so that we can be driving the agenda instead yes. of being reacting yes. to everything. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's what we talked about last week. Like listing out all my tasks was eye opening Cause I was like, I don't need to be doing these things. In fact, I specifically hired Ray to do the things on this list, but I'm not giving them to her. Why mm. not like do it and like set the meeting. And when I said, Oh, do you want to meet once a week now instead of twice? every other week she was like yeah sure you know she's totally like she wants this and that's sometimes I think as an owner we think there is no one's going to care as much as I will so now I must do everything myself and that is not the case there are people who also care and they want to help and you've got to give them the, those opportunities and they want to do a good job yeah oh yeah so Especially like let me help them do a, like this is right. easy like yeah let me help them do a good job and that's right. where that's where I think I don't know when I made this shift but that's when at the affiliate, that's when at CrossFit Ref, that's when we started to move really fast, which was, oh, like I've got people that want to do a good job. How about I give them some of these tasks and then I help them do a good job? Right. And I think that's what we forget our role is like we forget, well, it's like, oh, I'll just get to stand back here and watch everybody. No, no I need to help them do a good job. How right. can I make their job easier? Like, right. do we need to do an analysis on like, is this workflow even necessary for something like this? Right. You know, Cassidy and I still a lot of that stuff around. I'm like, is this efficient? Like, are we wasting time? Do we even need to do this? Mm -hmm. We have an outcome that we know we want. What's the fastest way to get to that outcome? Right. Right. With, with minimal to no errors. Like that's, we have to wrap that in there too. Um, yeah. And, and some of those is a lot of trial and error. We try it, you tried it seven times. It didn't work. And then the eighth time you're like, Oh, we got it. This is the one. And we can stick with this for a while. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of that with our onboarding. Like, just That's like the perfect segue. Six, I wanted to bring that up. Just in the past six, six, six months, I think I've gone through like four different types of onboarding and I'm still not terribly happy with it. I'm, I, I'm happier, but I mean, I, I thought that the, um, it wasn't a podcast, but there was like a video that CrossFit did and they put it on YouTube with Nicole Carroll and, um, no, Nicole Christensen and uh, David Osorio. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome to hear their their evolution of their onboarding and then how they do it now and to go, oh, this is another thing. Oh, the walls don't have to stay black and red forever. Oh, I don't have to run my onboarding the way that it has always been done. I can do it my own way. And um, some were terrible and I some were great. Well, and this, so, and I think this is what, uh, what is unique about the way that we teach that portion of it. Because I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding that like we have this onboarding template that we give people and they're like, this is the magic pill. And then we get to that onboarding process and I'm like, no, we have objectives and I can give you a framework for that, but I need to know a lot of information because we have to build an onboarding and there's things we have to take into account. Manpower, Mm -hmm. right? Who's doing the onboarding? Mm -hmm. 
what is their threshold for sales? Yeah. Right. Like what does everything prior to that sale look like? And we unpack all of that, you know, so if, you know, there's, you know, hundred plus people in there now, if I was to look at each individual onboarding, you're going to find a handful of the same, but all of them are going to have their own personal tweaks because we'll adjust how they communicate with people right out of the gate. We'll, oh. we'll adjust what's the initial offer. You know, you and I have talked about that yep. quite a bit. You're like, I don't really feel comfortable with that. And I'm like, then don't do it. Yeah. Like, because if you're awkward, then it's going to be awkward. Yeah. And if it's, if we design something that doesn't fit you and your personality, right. then that's a bad plan. Right. You know? And I think that some of the feedback that I got when I initially came in, and that was one of the things I wanted to change was the way that we did onboarding. And onboarding had been done the same way since Jeremy and Nicole were here. So for quite a while, um, was like, well, we do it this way because it works. And it was like, well, me as a teacher, it's like, could we do it better? Can we do it better? How, like how I'm always like poking, like how right. do we, how do we make it better? And it was like, well, you just got this from this guy named Fern. Like, how does he know anything <laughs> about our gym? Like, and it was kind of like, I don't know, but let's try it and see what happens. Right. Turns out didn't like it. Right. Um, no offense, but it just, it didn't work. Your template didn't work for me, but right. I learned a lot. And now I just keep revamping it until it's what I want it to and be. And that's one of the things we teach people in there. It's just like, listen, one of the, if you want to fail fast, just take this, put no thought into it and just copy it. Yep. It's like, it's not going to work. Yeah. So what we give people is a framework. And if people want the spoon fed version, I've got one for you, yeah. but I can tell you why it won't work in many instances because like that's an iteration that we've worked into. Now we can take that and we can make some slight modifications to it. Like the number of sessions, the workout, how in depth do we go into the talking points? And those are all the things that we'll massage in there to include, you know, all the way into the details of like, are you packaging the onboarding and the membership together? Right. Right? Like we talked about that. I'm like, well, if it doesn't work in your system, don't do it that way. It'll create a headache for you. And I, we will take people through, I think the most iterations we've done is is three or four in in somebody's time frame because yeah. we're because what might be good for you at at one stage needs to be redone in six months. Yes, it was just appropriate for where you were at right. at the moment, which is like in a lot of instances, I'm like something right is better than nothing. This is definitely not the end state, but like we have to develop something. Yes. Okay. So here's good enough. Right. And then we're going to make good enough a little bit better. And yeah. then we're going to make a little bit better good. And then we're going to make good optimal. But that's the general flow that we're going to work through because there is no perfect onboarding. No. And well, there's and what's good for you. Right. At that time. And that was really discouraging at first because I'm a perfectionist and I want it to be right the first time that I do it. And it's not. It's not. And this is like a living organism. Like it changes all the time. And uh, you have to be willing to adapt and always try to work what's, for what's better. And that's uh, that, if I was to give you, you know, like some feedback here, that's one thing that I, that's one of the pieces of growth I've seen in you the most over the past years is that you've kind of, I don't want to say completely rid yourself of the romanticism of certain things, but you're, you're, you're becoming less and less attached to certain ideas and yes. looking more of like, does this work? Is this effective? And if it's not, I'm okay with throwing it in the trash. Right. That's totally fine. I'll move on. Right. That's one of the, the biggest lessons I've learned over the years is I, and I've made every mistake in the book, like not asking all the right questions, looking at only the upside, being romantic about certain ideas. And I'm almost to the point now where I'm like, it probably comes off as callous in a lot of ways, but it's, it's protection for myself mm-hmm. to say, okay, is that a good idea? Do I like that? Right. Like, am I pursuing this just because it's something that we've done or because it's a, it's a novel thing at this time? Or yeah. am I really scrutinizing this for like, what do we want to happen? Say, okay, what do I want to happen in the onboarding? And I'm like, yes. okay, well, I would like a couple key things to happen in an onboarding. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like CrossFit. It's like constantly function, you know, whoa. I just messed Uh-oh. that up, everybody. Oh, no. <sighs> No level four for you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My God. Nate's freaking out over there. He just started sweating. Constantly varied function movements executed at high intensity. So redeem myself. I think it's because of this O2. I drank O2. Caffeine. Yeah, too much caffeine. Thanks a lot, Dave. Um, no, no, but it's kind of like that, which is those are pretty wide left and right lateral limits. If I just say, hey, what's CrossFit? Constantly varied function movements executed at high intensity. Yeah. Man, you can go really broad with that. And it's the same thing with an onboarding. It's like, what do I want to achieve in an onboarding of any fitness type? It was like, well, I want to make sure that the person feels seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the first thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk at them. Like I need to find out what they want. Right. Then I want to create 
a general awareness around what it is that we have here and how we can help them and what right. problems we can solve for them. And then I want to integrate them into the community. And outside of that, we can design anything. Yeah. One session, 12 sessions, fixed schedule, these types of workouts, those types of work. It doesn't matter. But if we can check those three boxes, we probably have a pretty... Yeah, we probably have a pretty effective onboarding and you've gotten every iteration, you've gotten closer and yeah. closer and closer. Yeah. You know? And, and it, it's a product now that I am happy to sell versus that's the key. Yeah. And when you said that to me, I was like, cause it would be like, you said, can you sell this? And I was like, no, I don't want to sell this. I don't like this. Like I wouldn't want to buy this either. And you're like, oh, why are you, why are you just don't, don't sell it? You probably shouldn't sell that. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it, now it's like, what, what do I want to sell? Then I am excited about it. And when people come in, they feel that excitement. And really that's the key to, to good sales is like really yeah. liking your product. Liking your product. Not right. shocker, everybody, that you should like <laughs> what you sell. And, and, and this is, the, the beauty of CrossFit is like, you probably like CrossFit. We just have to put a little nuance onto like, how do we bring people into the fold and how do I give them an experience as we integrate them into the community that I feel good about, right. you know, it's just like some people are like, we should teach the nine foundational movements. And I'm like, how do you feel about that? Like, if you were to be really honest with yourself, do you feel good about that experience? Right. The answer nine times out of 10 is no. Right. I don't. I'm like, I felt like I should do it. And I'm like, well, there's other ways we can achieve that. Right. Right. And again, no, not disparaging the nine foundational movements. You should teach them. You should know them. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're like, the base of everything that we do in CrossFit. Yep. But I don't have to teach them in the context of that moment during yeah. this person's journey. They're not right. necessary. Right. You know? And you can't teach everything in your onboarding. Like, no. you should not expect, like, no. don't give a level one as your onboarding. Like. Do not do that. Okay? <laughs> as somebody who teaches level ones and level twos, they're not going to remember, so just don't do it. No. Right? Like, like, let that make a good foundation that they continue to just stack stuff on when they come in. And that means that, that your coaches then are providing those nuggets in class also. They're continuing to add to that person's education. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of coaches, you're working a lot on coach development. Um, yeah. I mean, sure. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've made that shift is my point. And yes. so we're, ha we're having those conversations yes. about, okay, coach evals and yes, fully full disclosure. I told you to stop doing you some did. of That's it. That's why my answer was so weird. <laughs> well, I was like, <laughs> so, and so why I did that everybody is because, <laughs> and I have no problem saying this, the CrossFit is safe. Yeah. Right. So you're like, I really need to work on coach development. I'm like, I'm not saying you don't, right. but right now there's some other things, right? right? So, and going back to what we were just talking about, it's just like, yeah, we thought that's where we were going to go. Right. I was like, mm, you're not ready. Let's stop. Right. right. So you started doing it. You're doing all the evals, but then we found out like, Hey, these other things are falling off. And I'm like, those can't fall off. No. So yeah. let's stop doing some of this right now Yeah. because CrossFit is safe. Like yeah. we always have that in our back pocket. Yeah. It's safe. Like, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Like, it's safe. Anybody who says otherwise, like, sorry, you're wrong. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, there's people doing it all over the place. Yeah. And they're just fine, right? Could yep. they move better? Yes, that's a different discussion. But that's the point is, like, this this methodology is safe. Like, yeah. that is a, it's like, it's it's baked into the cake. Right. So, yes, we need coach development. But sometimes I'm like, what's the return on doing that versus something else? Right. So, I want to have two questions here. One is... I want to talk about what that was like for you implementing or kind of like coming in and now doing evaluations on, on some of your coaches. And then I want to talk about why we stopped doing it. Um, okay. So coming in and doing evaluations on my coaches, one, I mean, I onboarded a new coach, so I was doing evaluations every time that she was coaching. And um, so that was just so that she could run an effective class and the template that we used was really good for that, and it was a good reminder for her. It, gave, it gives those coaches a place to start from, and so that's where it came from, and then for some of the other coaches, it was, it was like, well, how do we shore up some stuff? Like, right. you're doing a great job. It is effective. It is safe, but, like, how do we make better athletes and better people, and then we can incorporate those things through your warm-up, your mm -hmm. end-of-class sort of stuff. And so it just helped, like, tweak things, but also kept that communication between my – or the staff and, and me. And then we ultimately put it on pause, which I, – what did I talk to you last week? Uh, I think it was last week. I think week. it was last week, yeah. So last week when we went through, like, that whole task list and stuff, and you were like – give some stuff, shove some stuff off your plate onto raise. I did that. And then the next day I was like, 
I should probably do a coach evaluation. <laughs> Look at that. I have some time. Oh, weird. <laughs> weird oh, how that works. What do I do now? Um, <laughs> yeah, and you were like, well, you'll dial in some, st- like I, you know, and then I had more time to pay attention to like my lead flow and um, my 180 day journey and like following up with clients and making sure that that sounded like and was sending the message that I wanted to, to send. But then after that, I was like, well, I'm here and MRI is coaching, so I'm just going to pop in her class and, and observe a class. So, um, and the other part of coaches development is like making sure my coaches know that they have opportunities to, per, to, uh, pursue coach development outside of the gym. So I really try to offer some like financial compensation for them to go to classes. Um, we go together as coaches. Um, and so it has made me a better coach to do coach evaluations made them better coaches it's made us better staff together um and our our product is more cohesive because we do those things did i answer both questions oh there yeah i mean okay nail on the head but that but i was just more concerned with like what was that process for like for you because a lot of some people will get resistance when they try to go in and then and kind of like i don't say mess with the product but taking a uh a microscope and putting your product underneath the microscope and really, really be scrutinizing and say, Hey, listen, like we could be a little bit more efficient with our classes. Like you yeah. talk a little bit too much. Hey, like we need to queue a little bit more. Um, that's a, not the greatest scaling option, stuff like that, yeah. you know? And, and a lot of people will, will find that to be a pretty uphill battle at first. Yeah. It, I mean, with the existing staff. Yeah. Because I didn't have the respect, I was not the head coach. I was a part-time coach coming in. I had coached probably the least number of hours of everybody on staff, and now I'm the person doing the observation. So, yes, at first it was an uphill battle. Um, but what – here's the thing. You could coach not as many hours as me, but when you come to my class, you're a coach also. You know the points of performance. You know how a class should run. We look at the class of eval together. You are just as equipped to give me feedback as I am to give you feedback. Like, and so I think at first it was hard. And then once I had the staff that I wanted, it was, I don't know if that's the right word. Once I had a more cohesive staff, then it was not an uphill battle. It was just like, oh, this is what we do. Um, it's just part of what we do. And and most of them are like, yes, please. I want feedback. I want that. I, please, please give it to me. If well, you don't culture. give it to me, I can't get any better. Right. And that's, that's the culture that we were referring to earlier. And I think if we were to kind of, if we were to kind of ball up kind of the, the, the transition and in, in one word of what you've been through over the last 18 months is like culture. Yeah. Like I have to shift culture. Right. And again, we're not saying good versus bad. Mm. mine versus whatever it was before. Right. Right. And I think that's the shift. And I think if we were to look at that a little bit more realistically and be honest with ourselves about like, what does it entail to shift and build culture? That's a heavy lift. Yeah. It still is. Like sometimes I still see stuff happen where I'm like, that doesn't line up with what we're doing here. And then it's like, well, how do I figure it out? Cause I'm the person who has to, fix it well or, you're, you're you know. never immune to it like you know i've been doing this a long time and i like i don't i like i'll show all the warts and stuff like that so we i got i got a group text the other day from one of the coaches like hey just a couple pieces of feedback it was um one was about the equipment the floors and oh the ac mm-hmm. are they like oh it's kind of hot in here which is kind of funny because we have ac and it was i think the ac was just down that day so that one was probably like a legitimate gripe and a couple of the coaches like immediately took offense Right, they were like, what, this is garbage. They're like, do they know? And I was just like, hold on. Yeah. I was like, number one, we can do a better job of that. And we should do a better job of that. So how do we do that? Right. And number two, and this is what I've learned by doing this long enough and having and taking a moment, reading it. And like, if I was to be very honest, I was like, yes, it hurt my feelings when I got yeah, that. Of course, right? like, the initial it hurts your feelings. Like, they're I don't like, want that. they're like, whatever, get out of the gym. Like, go find another. Like, yeah. That's the initial response. But if the longer you do this, you're like, that's not useful. Yeah. Because I looked at it and I said, nope, those are legit. And more importantly, those are easy to address. Let's just fix them and show yeah. them that we're listening. Yeah. Right. Like, how do we take too. this and say, oh, no, no, we're totally listening to you. So yeah. I sat down with Cassie. He's like, hey, 
tell me if you disagree with this plan on how to do this. I'm going to let you run with this completely. I was like, but I also think that like, if that came through, I'm not opposed to like sending an email to the whole gym. Like, Hey, we got a couple pieces of feedback. Those will be fixed tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. But five, six years ago, I'd have been like, screw them. Like, go find another gym. Do you guys know, have no idea how good you have it here. But I was like, nope. That's not, I was like, everybody calm down, take a yeah. breath. That's legit. Mm-hmm. I asked about the AC and I'm like, was that, was there something broken? Like, is it turning off too soon? Like, what's the deal? And we solved all of them. Yeah. And yes, my feelings were hurt, but that's not the point. Nope. Like they're there. My job is to be a leader and right. be, you know, be the duck and say, Hey, well, everybody's freaking out and wants to be, wants to be combative. Like, no, how do we handle this? And how do we make this a W? And the way we make it a W is like, that's legit. Yeah. Let's address it and make everybody know that like, we hear you. Yeah. We're, we're going on. So I can turn that complaint into a lifetime member. Right. By just saying, I heard you. I right. fixed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we had a member who, so we have a membership agreement now. Mm-hmm. We did not have that. That was another thing we changed. We put everybody on contracts. So this was a question I didn't know to ask. Literally, I found out after was like, really, you can't count. Not you can't, but like clients who aren't on contract aren't considered an asset because- they can leave they can whenever leave they whenever. want. And th- no one was on a contract at all. And so we ch- switched that over. And so now everybody's on a contract. Um, and we also got a membership agreement. Well, that fell through the cracks with one of our members. And they canceled their membership. And they were charged because it wasn't within the 14-day period. And they were like, "What? why am I being charged? I gave mm. them my cancellation. And I was like, well, our membership agreement says this. And then I go and look at their profile and... They haven't signed the membership agreement. So, so what like, do you do? I give a refund. There you go. They did not. Do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't, I didn't see that you didn't sign that. And so that's on me. So yeah. And he was very gracious. So, um, but yeah, just also people will see your broken windows sometimes when you don't, can't see your own broken windows, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're either distracted or it's not the focus point right. or, or, people just focus on different things, you know, like, and I forget what it was like one day somebody was like, this is years ago. They're like, have you guys ever cleaned the PVC pipes? And I was like, why would you do that? Hmm. (laughs) Interesting question. Yeah. I was like, no, ever. You know, I was like, and now that I say that out loud, that's disgusting. Disgusting. Um, so it's just stuff like that. You're like, I, for whatever reason, it's like we wipe the bars down religiously, yeah. but it's just like PVC pipes in and out. And it was like, hmm, yeah, put that on the checklist yeah. of things to, ch- to well, take a look at. I never wiped mine down before. And we got, everybody got really diligent about during COVID. And so now I just go around and collect everybody's and throw them back in. And they're like, so you're not going to wipe them down. I was like, oh yeah, I guess we should do that. Oh man. Uh, Are we doing this again? Yeah, we have uh, to clean stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah. But no, it's cool. It's, it's, it's been cool to. And like I said, this is the first time I've seen like the the new kind of rendition of the space. And it's cool to come in and see, you know, the, the changes that you've made and, and, and yeah. you like taking ownership of it. And it's been fun working with you through that whole journey. So I, I cool. wouldn't have done, I mean, you guys, you saved my butt a lot of times, or at least like you just pushed, you just kept going, like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I know. Just keep going. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be here without you guys. Like becoming part of, I feel like a commercial sometimes because I, like literally when I say becoming part of affiliate, you made my business better. It's made me better as a person, a parent, a spouse. It's not a lie. It's a hundred percent true. And I am so grateful. Like so grateful from my very first meeting in a closet at at taekwondo or karate or whatever it was literally the worst wi-fi ever to you going don't buy it to now great decision (laughs) well and i think the the point i want to stress there is like it's a journey right like there's still things that you're working on you know there's there's always another target and there's always things that we can improve and there's always iterations of that but you know the the big one and which is kind of what I hope people will get as a takeaway from this conversation is like, depending on where you're at in your affiliate, like there's different, there's different kind of roadblocks that you have to navigate. And, mm-hmm. and yours, like a lot of people that purchase a gym is I need to, and want to make a culture shift. And how do I do that? And how do I approach that realistically and systematically so that I can get kind of like around the bend and I'm like, okay, now I can start to drive straight. Cause right. for a while it feels like you're driving in the dark and like, yeah. this feels like a really long way to get where I'm going. But right. 
it's it's how you have to do that right you and, know and having you guys have been through that stuff and then also just hearing from like our mentorship group calls where people are like oh well this kind of sucked or this is my win like hearing people's different wins or perceptions of that all of those things like in especially when I was before I was in the grad program because I'm the, right. when I was just an affiliate you those weekly calls I made sure like my schedule was cleared for them because they were so important just to like talk to other box owners mm -hmm. and then have you guys answer all these questions and it's funny because I still watch the videos you guys put up on um the website like afterwards you yeah. watch the recordings yeah, yeah I watch the recordings like they'll be on while I'm like cleaning rowers or whatever and uh it's funny because a lot of the same questions get asked over and You're over like, I again. I remember that. <laughs> oh, that was me 12 yeah. months ago. Yeah, exactly. You're like, rookie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what you do, I could tell you. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a, a journey. but And I'm so excited for, like, what to come. What's I mean, to come. Like, yeah, you're 18 months in. I was like, think think 10 years down the road. I you're know. Like, where do I want to be? So, I know. That's it's cool. It's exciting. Um, last question. Somebody who just recently purchased box right what's a piece of advice you would give them just look right in that camera right there and tell them i can't do it with a straight face well, you don't have to do it with a straight face this is a joke um, everybody yeah no don't do it yeah, no yeah. i'm just kidding um oh gosh my piece of advice to somebody who is purchasing a box is to over communicate that's my piece of that's my piece of advice over and, I and I think you could take that and you could roll it into quite literally everything, everything. else you, you do in, in your business. Yep. And I, every, every time I think I, I have um, a good grasp on communication, I find out that I have a deficiency yeah. in communication. Over communicate with your people in your life who are going to be affected by your purchase of your business. Over communicate with your members. Over communicate with your staff. Over communicate with the businesses around you, your landlord, like just over communicate because it makes you better at your job because you really have a good handle of what's going on and other people aren't shocked by things that are to come because it it changes a lot of stuff yeah so i can't think of a better way to end this thank you for watching guys thank you for having us appreciate Anytime. it nate here sweating his face off it's gonna melt over there um, but yeah, it's hot. But yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome watching you, you go through the journey. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.